pretty sure suboptimal person played that list, and I was stuck with, well, I guess you get your passive mods and win anyway. Neat. Hello. Welcome back to Michigan's own Bestman Benchwarmers podcast. I'm your host, Alex Merrill, and here today, as per the usual, is Matt Corser. Hello there. And we have a special guest from Michigan, Mr. Ryan Sanizuski. Also, hello there. <laughs> so, um, today we just kind of want to talk about Scum Hyperspace, kind of the state of it, because I find that super interesting. And uh, also, we want to talk about uh, swarms, I guess, not really uh, performing as well as you'd normally expect. And uh, just a little bonus at the very end about Matt being on another podcast. So do you want to just uh, jump right into it, Matt? You got anything uh, local news, though? No, nothing on my end. Rough. Hopefully we can get some uh, in-real tournaments going soon. Ryan, you're a local. Do you have anything going around your area? We played a Guild of Blades recently. That was fun. That's true. Alex beat me, and I beat Matt. And Matt, did you play against Alex at all? No, but the last time we played, he beat me, so I'll just take that as the loss. So we, we made the roundabout circle. It happened. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I have any local news, really. I'm still working on getting that one place in Plymouth up and going. So, Oh, Eternal Games is going to to have their store open for play and the first X-Wing day is going to be July 10th 1pm Saturday. Be there or be not square or square. Whatever your preference is. <laughs> I'll definitely be there. It'll be fun. It'll be nice to see everyone again. And in-person X-Wing is so much more fun than online X-Wing. First topic. Status come hyperspace. I find it super interesting just because I play a lot of scum. And there's a lot of crazy things going on right now in scum hyperspace. A lot of interesting combos, to say the least. It turns out when you add probably three of the best crew scum might ever have seen, turns out it's pretty good and adds a lot of combinations. And alluding to that is um, Zam crew. Gamut Key crew and Protectorate Gleb crew. And the amazing support piece that Kanan is. And then make them all hyperspace legal. Turns out, makes Scum probably the best faction hyperspace, if not one of. Yeah, probably one of, if not the best. At least if you want a variety, right? Because if you look and everyone's looking at Empire, there's like maybe one or two lists and a couple other factions, there's like one or two list archetypes that are performing, but you look at scum and there's just like pieces across the board. You can intermix over and over and find new, new combinations. So, so much more across the board is viable. Well, I think that's kind of how scum has always been, right? Just this random assortment of pieces thrown together. There hasn't really been like a super amazing. I mean, you could do like the seek swarms and stuff, but generally you just see a whole hodgepodge of just random pieces. Yeah. But a while back when Bulba was like the thing, it really was. If you, didn't play Boba plus thing, you 
we're probably in trouble unless I'm mixing, unless I'm missing potentially something that occurred at the same time frame that could be played. I mean, they've they've had the Torkoal Swarm. This is extended, but Torkoal Swarm, Seek Swarms, Boba plus things, but yeah, in hyperspace now. I mean, the last season, it was pretty much just scum was Seek Swarms everywhere. Maybe some Nam Lam shenanigans with Fen Rao. Maybe a Boba fan yeah. somewhere in there because you're still refusing not to play two shift lists. Mm-hmm. So I just want to talk about, I guess, those strong pieces that Scum has because they have some incredible jousting pieces. Like, no one wants to joust Fen Rao or even Old Tarok. Like, just straight up five dice or I remove all your green tokens. Never good. Yep. If you had to choose between one of the two, I'm, I thought about it earlier today that like Tarak might be in a better meta position than Fenrau right now. There's so much token stacking. I agree. Also, I think Fenrau is really expensive right now with the ship count as it is. There's a lot more threats that are going to hit him at range two, which he absolutely hates. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that, uh, I'm still like when you said Fen Rao's such a beast and it was one of the best pieces, I'm like, I don't know if I'm I've always been someone who's been able to find the spots to t- take out Fen Rao. It never really has been too much of an issue. Like he's had his moments here and there, but it he to forgive him to pull his weight, he does require a little more work. Whereas Alterak, you don't have as much of a points investment, but does have a big impact potentially on the game as well, just in a different way. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But when Fen Rao hits you for five, Fen Rao will ruin your life. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty boomer bust beast. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw Kylo Ren on a stream a few days ago that just ate five hits <laughs> and had like one of eight. And it was like, oh, like, I guess I'm halved in the first turn. <laughs> and then boss was like, oh, neat. You know, I only have to do two damage to you. All right, bye, bye, Kylo. <laughs> Maybe if the uh, agility, overall agility, was a little bit lower, Fenrir would have a little bit more impact than he does right now. Dangar also a strong jousting piece. People still joust Dangar for some reason. I don't get it, but they do, and uh, that that hurts. Especially if you have a, a double modifier thing like. Um, R5P8, or if you're running the Proton Torpedo version with Zam crew, that's real rough. So, I I actually haven't seen too much Dengar recently, and I think we're about to get to probably why, because uh, there's another piece out there that's doing as much damage, if not more, per shot. But we've seen a little bit of a downturn on the Jump Masters because of. Uh, other ships that are excelling further. Dengar obviously still having that I-6, the double shot. If you even take Zam crew on Dengar, that's like, I'm guaranteed to shoot you twice every turn, whether you decide to shoot me or not in some capacity. So, um, he definitely has places. Matt, any other thoughts on uh, Dengar? No, nothing that hasn't been said already. I mean, being I-6 and Shooting twice is really good, potentially with munitions. 
I mean, especially if you still have like a coordinating lab or something somewhere in the list to give them a little bit more mods and help and support. He's pretty good. Also, might be the strongest jousting piece currently for its price point, Bosk. Bosk is doing really well in the uh, Scum Hyperspace meta right now. Turns out when you can have a ship that has both Zam and Gamma Key and can get coordinated by this nice hawk, whoever they may be named, because I honestly, Paylob or Kana are both viable in this aspect. They both have reasons, but yeah, let's just put two points for uh, uh upgrade that says, here, have coordinate, whereas squad leader says, you need to be initiative priced. I don't know why they didn't do that for Clap at all. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, Bosk, I mean, with Gamut, is so good on the YVs. To hold the reinforced and probably a focus too because you got coordinated and you roll up with both of those and you can reinforce again. You know, someone shoots at you, you have Zam, take the lock. Typically, you have Greedo on Bosk too, so one of those will always be a crit. Which has actually, I think, been pretty key Bosk's ability against a lot of the uh, three agility generics. Namely the V1s, but even if even even you could consider the 7B Knights because they have the passive mod and force, uh, the defensive additional token, uh, whether the charge or if they took a focus means they're, you know, not super easy to hit it to agility, but it's much easier to push damage through because you have boss's ability. Turn the one crit into two hits means any of the RZ1s that are running around, any of the V1s, it's half health already one hit yeah it's really nice that you can decide after they've rolled their green dice as well so if you really want to give them a crit you can do that see what where the where the mods are and then decide yep i want to make this two instead of a crit it's really good well if you got to split it beforehand that's probably better than splitting it after because if they if you got to split it before they rolled their green dice then there's no way for them to currently how they can overcome evading the crit, right? You'd be just be you basically be a four die attack arc yeah. at that point. With one of a three die with an ability to potentially make it four. And a lot of the pilot skills going down too, so that Greedo doesn't come nearly into play as much as it used to before. Because that was just a death sentence on YVs. Just eating crits left and right. Heaven forbid you did a hull breach. Yeah, and just about any list that has enough jousting power to threaten Bosk, you just say, all right, I'll use Gambit and I'll double reinforce. If it's higher initiative, then he's concerned with Greedo. If they're lower initiative, then neat. Greedo's charge has already been spent anyway. But uh, And especially if uh, maybe they only have one person who's higher initiative than Bosk and you still have Ganon, so now their attack's even weaker. Yeah. Like that, that helps significantly. You see a lot of, uh, you know, incredibly popular list right now is Fenboss Kanan, and that's that's a scary list. It's really hard. A lot of good pieces there to make this kind of janky list actually viable. I mean, so Bosk, you say, is a big jousting piece. Does he actually want to joust often, though? Because he's got a, a, he's got a big 180. He can just start orbiting things, too. 
I guess it kind of depends on which uh, if you're on like the edge of a board or in the like the middle of the board. And the middle of the board is really you don't really want to joust with them because everyone can get behind them super easy. But in like a corner, it's much easier to kind of corral people around there. Thankfully. Yeah, Matt, as a um, as an ace player, how do you feel about this many bosses running around with their current crazy token stacking and uh, Zamp group? I, I haven't had to go against a lot of them, but just with the the one eighty arc by itself just makes like I've been I've been flying a fair bit of Kylo Von Reg rush. Like that one eighty arc just makes it really hard for Von Reg and Kylo to just do their thing essentially and just double reposition and not get shot. And then with Kane in there to just make, you know, my three, my three attack dice to two now just makes my attacks that much sadder with the reinforce and Zam. It's just, it's just tough. Like YVs have always been kind of, I mean, you, you always want to try and get behind them, but it's always easier said than done because there's other pieces in the list that you have to worry about and not just Bosk like, like Fen Rao, you can't really take Fen Rao lightly. Like he's, I, I never really have a problem with Fen Rao. Like I've killed my fair share of Fen Rao, but he's definitely a piece that needs to be respected. I don't, you can't just be like, oh, it's just Fen Rao. I don't need to worry about him. He, you still have to respect the five dice. And then he's at range one. He gets his four dice and Concordia. So he's like the pieces that boss can go with. There's like a lot of different things that he can go with. Like the one we saw on the GSP stream of the boss, Genesis red joy and Lando. Like there's just a lot of really solid pieces he can go with. That makes not that there's a lot of aces in hyperspace right now. Trip ace factions. I think it's mostly just first order, but makes him really sad. Yeah. I mean, large base 180 arc. It's hard to get around. Hug me. <laughs> it's a giant death hug playing Mark Rawberg actually and he was flying Fen Boss Kane and and I had to hold my lock on Fen Rao and threaten a proton torpedo instead of just burning down Bosk as fast as I could. Because if Fen Rao like is protecting Boss really well and I had to at least make him try to run away. What were you flying? Uh just some rebel socialism stuff. Oh the rebel socialism stuff. A little Luke with ions, that's always fun. Four points, still really too cheap. Fen wants nothing to do with those ion torpedoes, just as much as he obviously doesn't want to see proton torpedoes, but if anyone has a lock on Fen to get proton torpedoes off, like Fen kind of messed up, but if you got a lock and it's an ion torpedo, it's, you know, it tech mechanically it's the same thing, but the points investment isn't as much, but can have a drastic effect on a ship like Fen. Oh, yeah. I always like Bosk. I don't think Greedo's going to be super viable if ship count goes lower and initiative goes higher. But for now, it's doing doing a lot of work. And it's that spike damage that really ruins things. There's not a whole lot of, like, beyond, like, the Hera's and the Luke's in, like, Hera, Luke, Ahsoka, Von Reg, Kylo... Obi Wan, the Actus, but that also yeah. just doesn't want to be around Bosk in general. Yeah, like a lot of the things that are going to like trigger Greedo just generally don't want to be around Bosk in general because they can just they'll just die to him. You take one shot, they're at points. 
Yep. Yeah, there's not exactly a beefy high initiative right now. It's all pretty susceptible to Bosk's ability. Which, I mean, if you go against another Dengar, but how, how often are you going to match up against that? Even then, you have a reinforce mm-hmm. or two. Scum has a lot of good support pieces, too. I know we kind of touched on that. You know, Kanan, obviously incredible. We've been banging on about that for a while. You've actually seen Gamut in the Hawk a couple times, too, but mostly as the crew, usually specifically in a YV, because that's incredibly good. Um, I mean, Sivor, I consider a support piece, really, because he's more of a nuisance. He draws fire away from other people. And if he shoots first, he can really ruin someone else's shot. They have a good follow-up shot. And actually kind of see Sarasu splash in there every once in a while, because the generic M3As aren't in the hyperspace. So if you're going to bring a, an M3A, typically people are bringing Sarasu if they're bringing like Fenral. We also see now Genesis Red. We have a local Zach who brought a scum list that incorporated both Kanan and Sarasu <laughs> with a couple Z's, one of them being like Sunny. And there was, there, I don't know, it was like a five or six ship scum list. But if you look at just having Kanan and Sarasu in a list, not a lot left for offense, but man, good luck getting any offense on that list. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that a hyperspace legal list or is it an extended one? I think it was for the Hexiled All-Stars. Okay. So it was a uh, extended one, but it looked very close to a hyperspace list. And of course, it wouldn't be scum without some weird jank pieces, right? That just slot in really well. Um, you know, Sunny Bounder, incredible tiny little support piece well support be ish you know you stick her in there she she does work she can especially like auto blasters not that does hyperspace but it helps a lot um Nomlum, you saw him a lot earlier not as much right now because you don't have dengar gunner in hyperspace but he's still there i've seen him with zam crew and proton torpedoes and that's really scary because pretty much everyone's going to shoot before him I think we definitely saw people get really good use out of it, but I think people just kind of wised up to that trick and just said, I'm not shooting Nomlom now. Like, I'll, I'll take out everything else out of your entire list. You will have to manually lock me and get that Proton Torpedo off. Yeah, but uh, I love Nomlom. It's so convenient. Just always shoot at something. I mean, he fits into the faction very well. Nomlom is a very good disruptor. I1, big base. If you move first, it's going to take up that space, and a lot of things are not going to be allowed to get actions because they'll bump. Yep. And you still have that large base, one heart barrel roll, which is <laughs> good luck trying to get around that. That's rough. I mean, Teltrahura, you kind of see a little bit here and there, especially now that like, cutthroats out if people really want to try to get cute with him. Uh, you're seeing Morallo a little bit more to for the, the easiest the ability to easily flank everyone. Do we realistically see Teljur use anything other than just a torpedo carrier carrier? No, but he will probably get both torpedoes off eventually. He does yeah, have essentially true. two lives. <laughs> yeah. But 
you see them slotted in every once in a while. I mean, they're jank scum pieces, right? Genesis Red is showing up now that pilot skill's going down again. Basically, with scum hyperspace, you take any of those two pieces or whatever and cobble them all together and see what works. Flavor to taste. I do think Genesis Red is a really good play right now. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're already bringing coordinate in the list. You have to coordinate the lock uh, for Genesis action first. You don't want to coordinate like a, a green token because as soon as Genesis Red locks, if they don't have a token on them, it gets emptied out. They all get take, get get taken off because of Genesis Red ability. So that it helped balance wise to not coordinate Genesis Red and then lock and then get all these tokens, whatever. So, but um, against, you know, even if you got Ace, the Adas like Shock T, who normally holds on to an evade, still pretty solid to you know, lock her, even though she's moving afterward once you get in the middle of that. Uh, fight you know it's a lock range three it's pretty big yeah heaven forbid if they have the moldy crow because that's just comical oh yeah th- thanks hawk friend thanks double focus <laughs> while i wait to get the real lock i want later yeah i mean those are like the big major pieces obviously uh you got a couple other fringe ones um you know lando escape craft it's always solid coordinating piece for scum scum never really had a lot of coordinating pieces until gleb so definitely helps out with action efficiency any other weird jank pieces you guys can think of worth mentioning or should we just go on to the next topic where we mention a lot of those so we talk a lot about Seavor, but do you think for the same amount of points especially with bosk around with fire sprays around do you think ahav is a good play for 30 points while you defend or perform an attack if the enemy ship is larger than you roll an additional dice do you have large ships in any other faction in hyperspace right now i mean Django zam is still a, is a still a constant meta piece zam is in all a ton of separatist lists but i mean gideon the Zai shuttle in of FO. And I mean, the Falcon is hyperspace legal, but I don't think it, it doesn't see a whole lot of play. Now it's missing some key pieces for yeah. some strong rebel. It's, it's definitely matchup dependent, but I think this is a meta where I, I have can, can actually do well. 30 points. Now, do you take them over Seavor? Probably not. Do you have room for both and can make a good list beyond that point? Maybe it's worth considering. That's fair. I mean, Bosk also really just does not like Seavor either. Like anyone with. I don't think anybody likes Seavor except for Seavor himself. Just bullseye him. It's fine. Easy. We have <laughs> seen a little bit of resurgence. Not really resurgence, but emergence, because I don't feel like this was ever a thing. But Lando in the custom, Fal- custom YT 1300 Falcon, like actually piloting it, not just the escape craft. You know, just take take Lando's title, and you could take protect again. Just throw Gleb on there; it's two points, whatever. And you could coordinate and throw the stress to someone else, so Lando can still get his ability to reroll as well. And if things are stressed, which do we feel like this meta things are stressed often? 
feel like that kind of depends on the faction. Yeah, Empire, but the the Thai BAs, the Thai uh, the Taps like to stress themselves. A wings like to do their focus boosts. Kylo, Fangs, Fangs, Fangs. RZ twos. Yeah, I think majority. But I mean, M- Republic and Separatist are like the only factions I can think of where there's not a whole lot of like self-stressing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lando is only 47 points with the title and Gleb. Pretty, pretty uh, solid piece for sure. I was actually looking at uh, Scum Han briefly with Gleb, just have a nice X coordinate for 50 points. And then I realized I have to fly Scum Han, and that's kind of rough. It's so weird. Gleb is two points on an I-6 and two points on an I-1. Huh. <laughs> uh, I love Gleb, but it's questionable. It's okay. You can take it in, separate, in the, the First Order faction. Totally useful. Not everything that it carries has a coordinate already. Yeah, it's crazy. When squad leaders, 14 points for Han Solo, but let's just throw Gleb on there and everything's fine. <laughs> And, and it is actually a better card too, yeah. Because you can coordinate anything; it doesn't have to be what's on your action bar, like squad leader. And you can pass off the stress if you really need it. Yep. Yep. Look, no. Hmm. Oh, we've already talked at length about Gleb. Good times. So I know we already talked about this a little bit, but Fenboss Kanan doing a lot of work in Scum Hyperspace, and people are starting to like splinter off of that kind of idea of having like a strong uh, piece with Fen. I've seen a uh, Fen Dangar Kanan, which was interesting. Again, I guess swapping out boss for Dangar and then just pray that people shoot Dangar for some reason. Cause people always do. I mean, people always think I can burn them down in like two or three turns and it doesn't always work out that way with the two green dice. I definitely feel like going from Boss to Dengar is a downgrade. Personally, I don't know what you guys think. I think Boss is a better piece than Dengar right now. I, I agree. I personally just like the YV more than the Punishing one, so that's just its personal preference. Well, for how me. much of that is trauma? Trauma from, from what? From 1.0. Oh, I mean, no, I've, I've just always... In, I think the... I just love how ugly and gross and scummy the YV looks. It just looks like a nasty my space dump truck. Yeah. It just looks like a nasty, dirty ship. And it's just, it's just, it's just a nasty ship. And I love it. It's one of my favorite scum ships. If I was going to fly scum, I would definitely start flying that YV more often. It is super fun. Another list you see actually is Terok boss Kanan, which I might fly more than Fen. It's a little bit less threatening, but I think it's better right now. And you can do a little bit more tricks yeah yeah like we were talking about before like if if you can you shouldn't be able to do this but if you can get tarak to strip hera's tokens then hera is just an i6 a wing with that can't do anything besides be i6 but it it would be pretty hard to pull that off because you know hera can bear a roll she's i6 and do all that stuff but like strip them off of other other pieces that like to token stack, you arrange one of a tap, boom, there goes your focus, light them up. I think in this particular case, I was looking at a list. I think Advanced Proton Torpedoes is on Terok too, which is odd, but also a little terrifying because you can coordinate. Yeah, I was just building that list. Or hold it with Gamut. 
I was just building that list right now just to see, like, all right, what's left and what do you do? And I think you, you're able to fit false transponder codes on Bosk, which seems pretty good. Um, Predator on Old Terok. And then I think the ones that I, that he, at least yesterday, uh, for people recording this on the GSP Lemu hyperspace event in Swiss, I think Hall Upgrade was a common take for Old Terok. Five health, neat. What I would have done to kill for five health, Fang Fighter early on in second edition. <laughs> Same event. There actually was a Fen and like a Fire Spray Kanan, Fire Spray and Kanan. He's seen a lot of Fire Sprays lately, which we'll go on to right after this. But that was also an interesting choice. It's a lot more maneuverable, I guess, than Bosk. Because you do have the front rear, and I believe it has Zam and probably bombs, I believe. It was kind of an interesting take on that. You kind of get rid of the upfront uh, alpha strike damage and replace it with some sort of consistent damage. It's definitely hard to see, though, one, because the fire sprays in hyperspace are generic. It's hard to see one single fire spray in the Fen Kanan. Uh, plus thing take the place of Bosk at this point. It's uh sure you can put Zam crew on there with false transponder codes and bombs. The boss isn't have bombs. Bombs are really nice. Front back arc, which is nice, but I I don't see the damage output and yeah you can get reinforced as well. It's stressful. Two agility, not bad. I just don't know what you do with all the extra points. I feel like there's a lot <laughs> left over. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Those what bounty is... hunters are, are pretty expensive. Let's see. Bounty hunter, 62. Bosk. 60. Yep. Oh. Yep. I'd probably still rather take Bosk. I would too. <laughs> I, I would too, but it, it is definitely interesting if you're, um, I don't know, your play style is more mobile than just kind of sitting there in a the corner yeah i mean if you really want to fly a fire spray in hyperspace i mean i guess i don't know why you're not everyone flying. loves flying hyperspace fire sprays it's <laughs> not in this faction yeah yeah you're in the wrong I faction mean, which is immediately false with what i'm going to talk about next hmm. which is triple fire sprays if a generic fire spray is carrying zam is zam the one just crew or is it pretty much zam pilot at that point <laughs> it's a generic pilot it's got half the charges no triple fire sprays are now a thing they're popping up a lot. I've, it's not even just the, the GSP event. I've seen it in a couple other events. Um, what I've seen a lot is all of them just have thermal detonators and someone with Zam or Gleb. Skunkroo is really good. Bombs are really good. There's a lot of time on target between all those bounty hunters. That's 30 health to eat through on three ships. And I mean, what do you what do you prioritize? You just whichever one's closest to you, right? So you can probably cycle it out pretty well, especially with a rear arc like that. You can force straight past them and just bring in another fire spray. Yep, it's kind of interesting to me. Uh, Ryan, you played against one of these, right? Yeah, I just had to deal with facing two fires, uh, two triple fire spray lists uh, in the GSP event. Um. Yeah, I mean, they have just, as we know, a lot of health. It's a medium base with boost. 
Uh, you have crew like Zam and Gleb available. You have thermal detonators, which have a large wide effect that could force you to do maneuvers to not take potential auto damage. It's, it's a toolbox-ish of a list that just provides a lot of threat that isn't going down anytime soon. I also feel like it's a lot better in person than it might be on TTS, just because there's a lot of health to go through. And we know TTS will be faster to play than in real life. That might come into play eventually in real-life tournaments. I also love bombs, and they're carrying bombs, so I can't hate it. I can hate it. (laughs) (laughs) But you justifiably can hate it. I think might be something we get to later but it's underestimating how much thermal detonators are affecting the meta and the pieces that are allowed to bring them gosh they're only three points and <laughs> like okay i can i can decide to drop two or i can just decide to drop one and i could drop one at the speed one or the speed two yep, yep. distance you have choice so there's a wider effect your opponent has to deal with and they still might not drop it anyway. It's just yeah. it's here. It's a threat still. Um, and they don't like they don't naturally do a lot of damage itself. This isn't a concussion bomb. This isn't a proximity mine. But it's such a wider spread effect. Like people, m- most X wing players are so adverse to risk in the first place. Like I've seen people fly triple Jedi Knight plus thing list. And never take advantage of flying through a gas cloud. Like, come on. Jesus, like, <laughs> you have purple. It's it, Purple's there. You can even reposition afterward with the ship ability if you need to. And, oh no, it's a single strain. If it puts me in better position, it's probably a better thing. But people are so risk-averse. So if you put that on top of the fact that the thermal detonator's wide area, and specifically with the three fire sprays, the front and the back arc, that can one hard boost or three bank boost or four straight boost. There's a lot of places it could be and still provide that threat. I mean, especially with the rear arc, you could take the strain off the bomb because you're behind them. And now you're just really SOL with the rear shot. Cause that's still as strong as the front one. And like, even if you take one damage, you have 10. Yeah. But I can, I can confirm dropping thermal detonators on TTS is a lot easier than real life. Cause I was flying those V wings and R2D2 and they all had thermal debts. And yeah, you want to talk about a fun time. Just drop like 20 of them. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you're trying to drop thermal detonators in real life, you mark some ships that are in the way of dropping them. You drop the first one. Nice. Drop the second one. But pro, for people who are getting back into real life play, please drop the two straight one first. Yes, drop the two straight one first. <laughs> please drop the two straight one first if you're going to do it. If you're going to do both, don't drop the one straight and then have to like bend your template around the one you just dropped and hope it stays in the exact position. Please just drop the two straight one first. Yes. Yeah, I mean that seems like a a pretty decent list. I flew, um, before Kane and all them came out, I flew a Bounty Hunter with thermals. I think it was before Zam, too. It was okay. It does things, but it's not particularly amazing. But now that it's got, you know, Zam, Gleb, I mean, a coordinating Bounty Hunter's pretty scary, too. I was going to say, which one do you prefer, Gleb or Zam, to put in this list? Because you can't have both. You only get one. 
if you put Zam in there, <clears throat> I don't think you have enough points for really anything else. If you put Glev in there, you could fit like an FTC on one of those fire sprays or a three point upgrade, like give one of them contraband or something. Yeah. I think I'd rather go with Glev just because I really like actions, but also I can like coordinate a boost if he's in a bad spot and then I can boost and then it can move. And that's really tricky. Yeah. Can you imagine going up against. I mean, they're not common currently, but anything that's moving before the fire sprays and you just say, I'm the Ada now and just coordinate a boost in front of everything and they all just get blocked. Yep. Or, you know, coordinate a focus while they do their Talon rolls or 4K and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Especially, I feel like you can cycle these bounty hunters a lot in this list and I think that's really good with a club. Just because you can... Most likely not get shot, or if you do, it's not the worst. Maybe yeah, one the shot. one that's cycling out can be coordinating. Yeah. I like it. Seems menacing. It'll be fine once all the crew goes up. It's okay. Gosh, whenever that happens. Eventually. Fall, apparently. That's what they keep saying. September, I don't know. I heard the date went up. It was going to be more mid-fall. Now it's going to be early fall or late summer. So that's good. <laughs> it depends on what decisions they make, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we chose to make Zam six-point crew. I don't know if two points is enough. Yeah, that's the thing. I think Gleb should be at least six points. Think Maybe scaled. Gleb probably needs to be initiative based but i don't mind if it's a flat like high increase yeah because if he's initiative based like how much is he going to cost on canaan uh, let's see how much does <clears throat> squad leader cost What's on a what eight is or canaan three initiative he is a three has eight points yeah i'd be fine with that just an i3 coordinate that's worse than protector glove's current coordinate is eight points. i feel like Gleb needs to be like one point more than every squad leader initiative because Oof. it's not restricted specifically to the action bar of the ship that has it. Yeah, that's a big deal right there. Like squad leader is very restrictive. Like, yeah. So the people are going to say, but squad leader doesn't see any play. I'm like, yeah, you can put probably for a good reason. Yeah. I like I like when actions are restricted to the ships that can take them, and not just like here. Have an action says cough discipline. Cough. I think he was. I think squad leader was seeing the most playback when Null had an EPT in like a triple FO list and I seven coordinate. So, but yeah, ever since then, like not ever. So the next piece I want to talk about. It's not really a list, but it's a piece that's seeing more play now. Morallo. Uh, I've seen him a lot with just cutthroat Bob and Zam presumably put it right next to a really nice rock and fly right off the board and just flank their entire list real fast. Yeah, Seems I mean, it's not, a lot of, it's not something a lot of people are predicting or, like, seeing. So once they go up against it, it's not much you can... It's only so much you can do about it without putting yourself in bad positions. Yeah. But granted, if you're taking... And then if you actually find a way to turn at Morello, then you're turning at something with Zam crew. <laughs> yeah Oops. and typically fan is in the list too so if you're just turning your entire list to go shoot a yv that's also probably close to the board too so you just do it again mm -hmm. 
if your whole list turns in, you still have Fenrau to deal with the flank. And that's not that's not fun. Yeah, you don't want to leave your rear exposed to an I six five dice attack. Yeah. And cutthroat, you know, get that charge back. Scooby mm-hmm. do it for the third time. I mean I I mean, I think all the hyperspace YVs are viable. Like you've you've been flying that nasty list with Lats and Zam. Like that's just with the tractors and old T and Seavor and Kanan, like that's just, that's just a gross, nasty scum list. And I hate flying against it, but you, you, <laughs> you fly it really well. I mean, I think every sing, I think all three of these ships are, are viable in hyperspace and they definitely need to be respected and taken into account while you're list building for a hyperspace event. But no one brought Lats to Lamu. But back to Rallo, I mean, he's also a four, right? So he's yeah, still, posing a threat to initiative kill something or move after everyone moves so you have more knowledge of where to reinforce and that kind of stuff. But it seemed interesting that people are now... I mean, you've seen it before a little bit, but now with Zam Crew and Cutthroat, it's kind of much easier to surprise people with that. I dig it. And the last thing that you see in Scum Hyperspace is just some sort of weird four-ship jank combo. Like Maggie just talked about my list, but just any combo of a YV, a Fang, two Fangs, who knows, a Seek, Hawk, tie, cobble it all together. And they seem to be doing well. Yeah, I think it just, just goes to show the strength of the faction right now that... You could have the YV as a centerpiece of your list and you can just throw in. Now, you can't throw in anything, but there's a lot of pieces that you can throw in there that make the list work. Yeah, there are definitely specific like, you know, here's a YV, here's a Hawk, you know, <clears throat> probably Boss Kanan, if not Kanan, Paylob, obviously a good option too. Uh, you don't have to go Boss, you can go Lots like you mentioned before. Um and then you have fangs that are cheaper, such as, I mean, besides Monroe, you have Old Tarak we talked about earlier. Uh, Joy Rekoff, who's seeing a little bit of play. All Scion torpedoes are so cheap. Yeah. Isn't, isn't Joy at the starting point like the same cost as a skull? I think so. I think they finally changed that because it was grossly overcosted for no reason. Let's see. Fang. Joy Rekoff 47. Skull 47. There you go. I do like that there's been a couple instances of ships that uh, have a name pilot cost the same as a generic because its ability is so minusculely different that it doesn't matter. Um, Unless your name is Meryl in the Resistance faction, apparently you're cheaper than a regular generic, but that's just super weird because Meryl's ability is pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, just better. But yeah, yeah, like you were saying, Joy needs an investment in order to get... A, a use out of her ability, but like, yeah, with ion torpedoes being four points, like, yeah, now you have a 51 point fang fighter that can spend a charge to make itself wedge. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you, and if you really want to get crazy, you can throw a cutthroat on there and it's 52 points, and I can keep doing it when my friends die. I feel like that 52 points is actually pretty worth it, like, at least to say if you're investing in Joy Wreckoff, you're doing the five point buy of, of ion torpedo cutthroat, yeah, and, he, and you have the like. You can actually use the ion torpedo too. Yeah, I mean, a lot in a lot of those lists, there's a coordinating piece, whether it's Gleb on a Hawk or Lando uh, escape craft. 
Yeah, and the great thing about Joy's ability, it doesn't specify primary attack. So a four dice ion attack, I'll just spend the second charge, and you're only gonna ro- you're gonna roll one less die, and then when my buddies die, I get one back. Like it's pretty nasty. If you really want to ion something, you can if you get the lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean even like Cad Solus every once in a while. I mean they're fours. I like Cad a lot. But I think it's just them being at four and a fang fighter, which is what makes them super scary. I think four is a really good. It's a really good initiative right now in hyperspace. Yeah. Especially if you have other ships that are at fours, like Bosk, mm-hmm. yep. Genesis Red, and Lando and the Scapecraft. So we talked about Sarasu and Genesis Red, but like, what other Seeks are out there <clears throat> that could fit in this type of archetype? whether it's the four or five. I mean, so there's Sunny, right? Yep. Is there anything else that matters beyond Sunny, Sarasu, and Genesis Red? You've been seeing a little bit of um, the one that gets the charge back that I'm blanking their name on. Quinjest. Yeah, that's what it was. Every once in a while, you'll see that. Is it really better than just having Cutthroat, though? Not one of your other no. ships. Because <laughs> Genesis Red and Quinjest are the same cost. Yeah, I mean... I'm not saying take it over Genesis Red. I'm just saying other people have before. Yeah, I mean... We've seen Gargore in the past for that I-0. Every once in a while, you'll see a snapshot Layton, but I'm mm-hmm. not, not to my, it's not to my taste. I personally... And if you ever see a Noldra, though, you probably already won. Man, how times have changed. <laughs> and we saw a Noldra in the past, and we were like, this is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> just mind link it and then regen the shield. It's fine. Yep, wholesome. And now look at that. Basically useless. <laughs> I guess that leaves us the next one. Speaking of Bosk, Genesis Red, Joy Rakoff. Lemu Hyperspace Tournament's going on right now. 26 out of 117 lists for Scum, so it's the highest of all the factions brought. Followed by Separatist, oddly enough, I believe at 21, which is interesting. I mean, Sam. Sam. Sam Pilot. Yeah, but like... Fire <sighs> sprays. I choose to believe that's because people love HMPs, even though I know I'm wrong. Some people, people on this on this cast do love HMPs. I think everyone on this cast loves HMPs. We do love. I love HMPs. Uh, it's so fun. I wish I could. I just wish I could buy more in real life. Right. I wish I could own one first. I have two. Same. You. I'll steal one of your guys's. It has been. It has been without fail though that like there's been a four HMP or a three HMP Grievous list that has consistently made cut. At gsp events how far they go is a different story some very i've seen some vary to making top four to scrubbing out in the first elimination there's always one and it's not always the same person it, it, there's a few names that come up there multiple times but it's like without fail one will make it somehow. yeah let's see three scum lists made the top cut top 16 which is not amazing but it's also tied with the highest with empire and separatists so and then the Empire list, I'm sure, just the two of them are six barons, I believe. Yeah, and one was five foresights. Yeah. Yeah, great. Fun variety there. Yep. Love it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the three lists we want to talk about, the ones that made cut. Um, Andrew Goldbach, Naked Fen, Naked Tarok, and that cutthroat Bulba Zamorallo making cut already. Man, I'm sure he just made a bunch of people like super sad yesterday. <laughs> Probably really confused too. Mm-hmm. Just don't see Morallo. Um, nope. But I think he's uh, 
he's been out in that archetype for a bit. He's, I've seen him bring it in a couple of previous events. He's a buddy of Zach Matthews. He's talked about how he's been on that for a few months now, maybe more than that, but he's been a fan of Morello. It's generally always been Fenterok with Nilis too. It's hard to find other pieces around that, that are not only as threatening, that have speed that can help. It, it's a very early pincer is what it can create or just a, a super fake out, which is also nuts. Yeah, it's not something you want. And also, you know, Fen, Tarok are also more threatening than that Morello. And that Morello is probably behind you shooting at you with Sam Crew. <laughs> it's hard to pull off. Which, oddly enough, or not oddly enough, but it, realistically, being having someone with Sam Crew behind you isn't terrible as long as you don't have a back arc facing them. Right. <laughs> or turret arc. Because, like, they need to have a firing arc pointed at the Sam carrier for it to do anything, whether they shoot at him or not free target locks either because they're not shooting you or because someone has a giant arc that they didn't decide to shoot at you in but i like that list i would probably fly that in hyperspace if i were gonna do not a four ship list just because that's silly and i like it i like my fangs next one up uh marcel manzano Never heard of him ever in my life. <laughs> and he's a new, newcomer with, on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> with the jankiest of lists. I love it. Dace Bonearm. Finally, finally someone does well with Dace Bonearm. It only took Gleb, you know, to make it almost okay. Gleb Thermal's in the title. Cool, fun. Teltravura and Bosk. Boss, Tell, and Dace. Silly. Teltravura has cutthroat, ion torpedoes, and ion cannon. FTC and Hull get the extra use out of his ability. But also that ion cannon, so Dace can actually do something with his ability for once in his life. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, you, I'm sure you'll talk about this, Ryan, on, on GSP, but I'm, I am curious how many times he actually got Dace's ability off throughout the whole tournament. It probably came up. He said it, he'll he'll mention it. Marcel's got a weird way of taking scum jank just to heights that like you never expect. Like I mean, it would be good against Bosk. Oh yeah, it's good against other Bosks, right? Like you're forcing that ship. Like if one ion token gets on a thing, which by the way, rules a uh, reminder here. How do so? Let's say someone with an ion cannon, like Teldravera, shoots an opposing Bosk, and that ion cannon gets. Three hits. It tells reinforce to F right off. <laughs> Is that how that works? I believe so. So the the ion tokens get dished out before the reinforce would go into effect. I think it's because it's all canceled. You just one damage and one ion, or well, three hits. I'm not sure if it, whatever that would be. I think it just takes everything. Ion cannon. If attack hits, suffer or spend one hit or. Crit result to cost defenders suffer one damage. All remaining hit crit results inflict ion token damage instead. I believe this is how it was. Um, but most examples I do are with two hits where they would just take the hit and also the ion. I'm not sure about three. But you know, hey, Dace doesn't matter. Also, no. Dace are really good against the bounty hunters out there. Because as long as they get one ion. Yeah, with all the with all the Django Zams out there. Yeah, just I'm just so happy Dace did well. He's my favorite. He's so bad. 
it's so great it's just it's just such a niche ability but yeah it, it is nice to see something that people just right off do do well in the hands of an exceptionally skilled player i guess we should probably also mention that he had boss we got through yeah boss can carry a lot and just i have hawk with multi crow and and protector gleb neat yeah and everyone's i4 so that's nice and you have cutthroat to get back the contraband, which mm-hmm. they will use a lot. All right, so reading Ryan's strong arming here for reinforce. During the neutralized results step, if the attack would hit and there are more hit or crit results remaining, one evade result is added to cancel one result. A ship can have more than one reinforce token. If ship has multiple the same type of reinforce token, their effects are applied at one at a time. Thus, for two reinforced tokens, both apply their effect. There would need to be at least three hit or crit results. Mm-hmm. So... It was my understanding that I'd always just take the ion. One damage, one ion at least. This is during neutralized results step. When is... Do you confirm hits uh, after neutralized results? Aren't you the guy that always does the rules, man? I, 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 I'm kind of leaning towards actually. It's the, I think it's actually opposite because in in the order of operations, you have to do the neutralized result step before you say the attack hits or not, right? Because you don't know if an attack hits until after all the results are compared. And since reinforces during the neutral neutralized results step, which is before telling if the attack hit or not, it would whittle down the total attack dice by that point. So double reinforce would kind of say F U to ions. Ion cannon, ion affect things. I don't know. There's other people that can make these decisions for me. Probably. Is it gonna matter <laughs> often? Probably not. Well, you ask and get back to us. <laughs> we'll see. Um anyways, that's a a hell of a hell of a run there from Marcel with with just people like Dace and Teltravura and Bosk. It's crushing it. Uh, the last one, this was actually fourth in Swiss, which is pretty cool. Bosk, again, Cutthroat, Gamut, Zam, Greedho, FTC, Genesis Red, Cutthroat Protorps, Joy Rakoff, Cutthroat Ion Torps, and Lando in the Escape Craft. Just crushing it. They're all, all they're all four. They all have multiple redundancies in the list that can make them really well. I just it's scary. <laughs> I I think this might be one of my favorite scum lists right now. Is this sort of archetype? Yeah, I I really love this list. I think it's it look it's just it's just nasty scum what like what the faction is known for just a lot of like nasty tools and they all work together really well yeah i mean it's it's super scum jank but good it has everything you need i mean there's only so much we can continue to talk about why all those combinations are good but it to rack off can actually yep. do damage. Genesis Red's going to do damage. Bosky knows going to do damage. And if they're shooting Lando, that's fine. By all means. 
But also Lando can do some damage every once in a while too. If, mm-hmm. if he didn't coordinate for some reason, just took off focus, he can actually have a really accurate shot. But I like that list a lot. I hope it wins. We'll find out. I'm sure Ryan will talk about that tomorrow on their podcast. <laughs> tomorrow as of the time of this recording, not yeah, tomorrow. Not, after not whenever this releases. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to talk about anything else with Scum Hyperspace? I think it's in a pretty good spot. As long as you like flying fun and interesting pieces, not straightforward, one yeah. straight to victory or hey, I'm a turd on a rock. There's nothing wrong with one straighting to victory. I agree. There's nothing wrong with one straighting twice in the same turn to victory, a la <laughs> Strikers. Nothing wrong with rotating on a rock especially right now (laughs) i have no problem rotating on a rock with everything else that's happening yeah well speaking of great segues got him um ryan swarms aren't doing well right now why is that well let's let's clarify some things right because a lot of people obviously when they think swarm currently they're thinking the V1s, the Prockets, the Tracers, the Three Agility Tyrants, the Discipline, right? Yes, that is a six-ship generic swarm. I3 can ace some things out sometimes, but I'd like to make a moderate differentiation from that to most swarm, other types of swarms right now, which are not performing well. One, they are I3. They have a higher initiative, and they have the ability to reposition linked actions, so they have AC capabilities. They have an alpha strike, which a lot of swarms generally need to have. It's, it's hard for swarms to stick around long enough to brawl. Very few have done that. I think really the Seek Swarm's been the only one because they don't have a lot of the punch because they utilize those cannons with those special effects to nullify ships and, and corral them in positions where they need to be, whether it's via tractor or ion cannon. Yeah, they're a control swarm, which is super weird. Yep. But the implementation of discipline is a really big deal because that is changing the decision-making that you have to make to later, which is almost an AC type of effect. If something kills one of my six ships, I get to then decide if I want to barrel roll, link focus if I haven't already focused, or take a target lock, which, as we know, target locks are always better taken later on when things move on the board, because this is more board information. And they're a token that sticks around. So they're a swarm that gets to decide things later. Not anytime they want, obviously, because stuff stuff has to die, but turns out it's still really good to take those type of decisions later on as the turn moves on when you have more information. But any other swarm right now, right? So so list off the top of your head. What's what's another swarm able to be in hyperspace that you think people are concerned about? I mean everyone everyone freaks out about droids, no matter the format. Yep. They do freak out about droids. Yep. Just I mean, because they're a swarm and they they're a lot of the people are, are concerned. They're like network calculations is good. Yes, mm-hmm. they can be good. Struts are a thing. Yeah, yep. I can be on a rock. Um, they have they have probe droids, which are actually pretty good against FTC things right now, because mm-hmm. they can get those early locks and take away the FTC ability, and set up their early munitions for that alpha. 
Matt, you've been doing viewing swarms, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's viewings, but like people aren't concerned about viewings. It's mostly just a niche thing that I fly because I'm a glutton for punishment and <laughs> I like the ship. But yeah, people well, aren't generally concerned about five viewings with bomb plus friends. Well, they if they're concerned about one thing in your list, it's the fact that you're carrying a lot of thermal detonators, yes. right? What other swarms are even talked about? In hyperspace, nothing really. Yeah, you can't have you can't have FO swarms. There's no Focho. There's nope. no Malaris swarm in FO anymore. Nope. Scum doesn't have Seek swarms anymore. You have the fireballs, and that'd be the closest thing. I have built fireball lists that seem very entertaining, but I'm pretty convinced they're that good. they're just not going to do it. It's like, let me just build it real quick. It's like two fireballs with tracers, two fireballs with proton rockets, two more fireballs. And there's a rose in there with C3PO. So it's, it's seven ships, you know, six of them can slam two of them have tracers, two of them have proton rockets. So that know, doesn't seem nearly as threatening as anything else. No, <laughs> not at all. No. Um, we've seen actually generic Y wings are not in hyperspace. I was going to mention public. you see a fair bit of like five Y wings now, but I believe actually the scum ones have their generic new Y wings are in there. Yes. Yeah, I've seen some people use ion cannon turrets with them. You can do five of the generics with ATP ion cannon turrets and thermal detonators, but that's Which, not really up classic swarm yeah i mean y wings are i played against five y wings they're beefy but i'm not like overly yeah. threatened by them they're not going to swarm me because they're y wings it's 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 i it's funny how the advanced proton torpedo version had popped up for the public i would i would tend to opt for the ion torpedo dorsal thermal that's yeah. a 40 point even you can have five of those but Again, no one's complaining about that. There aren't really any RZ-2 five ships anymore. There aren't really any RZ-1s, even though in hyperspace, you can just go to RZ-1, A-Wing, you get Derek Clivian and just hit duplicate five times, and it's 200 points. Just no Hera, no Ahsoka. You get straight 200 points, six, six RZ-1s. Seems fun. Is it doing anything? Nope. Josh tried something similar, didn't he? I believe, Ooh. but it might have been five A wings. I don't think it was six. I'm not overly threatened by like a five ship rebel A wing build. Sure, it'll be annoying. And I guess scary. what the only other thing that's popped up in hyperspace it, that's swarm ish is then uh, Goron Strikers, right? Or any five ship type list that predominantly features generics that also has Nash. But once again, you're looking at a disciplined and or thermal detonators affecting that list. Zone control and decision making till later. Yes. And giving strikers target locks when they don't natively have it. Correct. With the oh, we'll do a whole lock. episode on giving actions to ships that don't have it. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm in the process of writing it. I think that's a super interesting topic. Yeah. It's, it should, should it happen? How often should this be a thing? Most effects like that are powerful. So back to the swarm point, really, it's the V1s to some extent, 
the strikers, but both instances have disciplined. After that, it's like, because eh? I'll explain kind of what I went through yesterday. So played in the GSB event. I brought a droid swarm, three hyenas, four vultures. All vultures had struts. Two of them had mag pulse missiles. The mag pulses are a uh, meta call. Shoot a mag pulse at Garvin. He can't get the infinite token passing with hair anymore because if he gets hit by it, he's going to get jammed, which means if he spent that token and sends it back to Hera to try and avoid it, but still gets, you know, the one damage because it's three attackers, the two agility, that jam's just going to stay there. The next time Hera sends it back, it's just going to go away completely. It helps against the reinforcing of Bosk, and it helps against uh, adding a deplete on something that has Zam crew. So when they shoot back, it's a lesser attack. And then the hyenas, uh, one of them was 404 with Ion Torp and Dark Probe Droids. And then the two were Bactoid prototypes, one with Diamond Boron Missile, one with Concussion Missile, which combo together can actually have a pretty devastating effect. I felt pretty good against like those strikers uh, because they like to stick moderately close together with their bumping shenanigans with Goron. And that Diamond Boron Missile, because they're all hull-only ships, can land cards, and then the Concussion can stack on top of that for some good spread damage. And I'm two for two for Ion Torpeding, Ion Torping a Fen Rao, blocking it with 404, and then stopping him from getting his extra die and his Concordia, because it's range zero and not range one. That's so entertaining. So yeah, you, love, you love to see it. That's so good. <laughs> but in all that, the thought of the tech that it could bring, uh, the answers that I felt like I had meta-wise, it's still a lot to set up to gain that advantage against lists right now, because there's a high-powered offense still going around, and like I knew I was punting to the V1 matchup. Like If, if, if I ended up beating the 6v1s, I d- the opponent had to have messed up really, really bad. But um, a lot of the push matchups, it's just it's hard for the droids to stay in the game and maintain an advantage because the ability for them to inexplicably pop. And I'm like, oh, that's a shot I was hoping to have this round. And now I don't. That's some level of variance, but um, with the prockets being very prevalent across the board, whether it's V1s or A-Wings, with Bosk, literally it's super easy for him to just nuke a Vulture off the board. Because if he gets his string of three, which is probably likely to happen, going at a single Vulture, I only have two agility, so all he needs is to get his full suite, and I have one blank result, and it's just pop droid. And if he targeted one of the droids that has Magpulse, then I uh, row because <laughs> I only have one more Magpulse to deal with the Reinforce, otherwise everything else shooting is going to be really sad. And then Django Zam, it's just kind of, you know, a situation of it's just two fire sprays, I'm hoping that I can... Because the droids can still set up really good block walls and limit where you could go. Just a lot of things have regained passive mods again and can overcome some of those situations. Not saying a droid swarm can't compete. I've had games where they've performed well, but I've had a lot more games where they were inexplicably close that maybe I was able to still win and hold an advantage, or ones that slowly as the game moved on, I lost that early lead because 
they don't have the consistent firepower. They still need to combine with each other consistently over time to provide that threat. So that's just on the droid swarm side of things. But I think the only reason why we're seeing certain swarms performing well is because the ones that are performing well have disciplined or thermal detonators and or, or both in some cases. Thermal detonators are really good for their cost. They corral areas. I tried a V-Wing list recently, Matt, and I think what, what was weird is I, I felt like I was down in the game much earlier than, I, than it ended up being because the thermals, even if they don't hit, can create separation between your opponent's pieces, and it allows you to isolate something. So even if you're not hitting with the thermal detonators, you're spreading things out to where it's harder for them to re-engage and come back and still fight you while you close in on something. I'm not sure if you felt that experience before when you played your few wings. Yeah, I've gone. I've, I think I've flown them, flown that list twice. But yeah, they're just being able to drop it, and those V wings can go fast with the ability to boost and get the lock for the best title. It just I flew against Django Zam, which ended up being a closer match than I anticipated, just because you know Django Zam's good, unfortunately. But yeah, just being able to just have the option to be like, I can drop like 12 thermal detonators right now if I want to. Are you sure you want to be right here next turn? I just roll blanks on all of them. It's fine. I'll never get hit. <laughs> I don't know. For, from your guys' perspective, do you do you feel like you agree? Or is there anything that maybe I'm either overlooking or weighing too many thoughts on one side? Too? Because, again, this is kind of fresh, right? I've... I use the GSP event to, to find out, am I going to take the droid swarm to the Lone Star Open? Which I'm going to. It's going to be a lot of... I'm excited to see a lot of people and be in an X-Wing event. But this was kind of a final straw for me with the droid swarm as it is right now. Now, a lot of it deals with the fact that the generic hyenas are not available in hyperspace. And that is a math... It's not... When you look at the total points, it's not massive... But when you start adding things up together and finding combinations, having to pay that extra point tax to bring named hyenas does take a toll. And it turns out Discord missiles not being in hyperspace, those kind of kept fire sprays in check sometimes. I was just about to say, how much is that? Because you just can't bring Discord missiles. And then that ruins some things. Yep, Discord missiles were a big part of why some of the early droid swarms were good and could be effective against a lower ship count and those medium base fire sprays without Discord missiles. It's not like, again, that they can't do anything, but they are limited in what they can keep in check. Because now things can still land in front of them and not have to take some of the consequences of what they used to. I'm wondering, have you considered maybe upgrading those backlight prototypes maybe to bombardment drones and bringing bombs instead of the concussion missiles and all that kind of stuff not uh, sure if that, that would help. i haven't tried um i just don't know what differently what that brings and bombs already were you know dealing with thermal detonators on a on an opposing ship had its difficulties of maneuvering around if I had to add on top of that my own thermal detonators that I don't want to hit myself with, that's just a whole other level of like, I have so many more ships that need to be conscious of their positioning. 
I don't want my own bombs to limit my vectors. That's fine. Just land on a rock, two straight it, turn around, and then barrel roll off the rock. That's fine. No one will see it coming. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking of extra things. I mean, bombs are always good. I'm super fan of bombs. Yeah. You lose diamond I, I think the, and that's rough. the main bomb list for droid swarms these days are kind of extended only because we've seen people like Adam Kemper's play. Is it Grievous? Two bombardments with proxy mines and then three vultures with discord missiles. Just here are all the pie plate auto damage. <laughs> yeah. That's, that list seems really nasty. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking of things. I don't know. Auto damage is always really good, right? And mm-hmm. I tried the Tri Fighter. I, I love that ship. So cool. But I just don't have the space to get what I think I need to fight some of the other opposing pieces that are really strong right now while also being able to bring a Tri Fighter. Uh, because there's we have generic tries. But no generic hyenas. Quad HMP to victory, man. <laughs> hey, that's that's fun. <clears throat> HMPs are cool. Um, but a lot of people, there were even opponents I had in the event that were like, yeah, it's, it's generic heavy meta and everything. And, and I'm like, I kind of, there's only very specific ones, very specific archetypes. But then I, I, I don't, a lot of people have have looked at this meta, especially in hyperspace. Like it's a generic swarm meta. I'm like, and then I look at the breakdown one of my buddies gives me of you know the actual numbers, and the numbers are down. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, four ship is more average and common, but anything beyond that, we I mean, we saw like uh, no, nah, I wouldn't say record low, but as of recent, there was a break. The breakdown had. Uh, only 20% of the field took five ship, 5% took six, and then seven, seven ship was 3%, and only one list was eight ship. So you're looking at a total of 29% of the entire field was five ships or more. I think the only thing I got to say is that I think the swarms right now, I guess specifically the droid swarm, is ineffective just because everything else is so cheap in other areas that are just holding it down. And it's just in a rough spot. You know, that you get a lot of passive or, or holding with uh, a gamut that helps, you know, reinforce the V1 prockets. Everything's just a little bit too cheap for them to be viable, especially with the, without the generic hyenas. But anyways, um, Matt, you were on a lore master, which uh, Ryan is also, as of that recording, the current lore master champion. You should guys uh, should explain what that is. Yeah. So, I mean, Ryan, you're more familiar with that. Would you? I think Ryan's yeah. better equipped to explain what it is than I am. But yeah, I can talk about what 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 went, went down. Not what sure. went down. Obviously, spoilers. But well, no, don't spoil it yet. So the Lore Master comes from the Millennium Condor Bella Diffusion podcast, which is a Canadian, Canadian slash French Canadian based X Wing podcast from Bruno Leviar. And that's, I, I don't remember where, what 
wave meta time in first edition it started but he created the lore master quiz which basically is a giant quiz show where just contestants answer questions that they have based upon the x-wing game itself and whoever has the most points ends up winning now during the early days of the lore master zach matthews had put himself together a strong winning streak and just that was sort of the, the, the main thing for a while is that Zach was very dominant in his performances uh, or at least maintained his, his title as the Alpha Intergalactic Lore Master 2000 until defeated, which is the current official title of being the Lore Master champion. He held that title through 10 wins, which was quite a lot. And then he had to sort of step aside. He had other things he wanted to there were a few other lore master quizzes of just some other contestants kind of back and forth no one really had that much of a a, a winning streak and then zach got in, in touch with me at one point he wanted me to sort of like uh, to be on the show at least and just make sure and, and potentially have me be the next successor to be the true lore master champion so earlier 2020 Oh, has it been a year already? I have to look. Uh, we don't record. The, the Lore Masters are not recorded often. It's like once every month and a half, two months. And I, ch I challenged whoever won the last one, which was Stephen Ford from the Birmingham Barons. I defeated him. Moved on to defeat up to six or seven total now. One's a little fuzzy because one, we do drink while we play. It's very entertaining. Two, uh, one of the recordings got messed up, so I have an unofficial win in my book, so that's why I'm kind of like, it's either six or seven. I have continued the legacy at this point of the Lore Master Championship through having a singular person be one of the, the considered champion and not having a bunch of people uh, swapping wins back and forth. But there's always uh, the goal is to have someone challenge and attempt to beat me if you lose you get sent to the land of shame and disregarded uh which there are many names to that place right now uh it's not an actual physical location but you know metaphorically it's 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 hell whatever <laughs> <laughs> so bruno has a lot of fun with it uh we smack talk a lot but it's all in good fun so matt how was your experience challenge well so i whoever wins has to initiate the challenge and then so, and then someone from that podcast or the specific person from said podcast would need to accept it. So I had initially challenged Cody, but Cody was in Boston. So Matt, you came on the show to be the contestant for the best bench warmers. I did, yes. So why don't you talk about your first time experience? And as so you listened to it for the first time as well, preparing for it in a way too. Yeah, because Bruno messaged us on our Facebook page. Our face, the Facebook page we have, he, he messaged us. I don't think he knew that. I mean, I run the Facebook page. Cody doesn't. Alex doesn't have Facebook. So I'm like, yeah, Cody probably. I told Cody like, hey, uh, Brian challenged you. Cody said, I'm going to be in Boston. I can't do it. So I said, hey, Cody's going to be in Boston. You can't do it. So then I was like, I'll, I'll do it. And so I did it. 
And, uh, I had a really good time. It was a lot of fun. It went a little bit longer than I expected, but yeah, I did. I did listen to the first episode cause he sent me an episode and I was initially very confused as to why that the, the first thing he sent me was just, here's this episode of this podcast. And I'm sitting here thinking like, why, why the hell did you just send me this episode? So I start listening to it. I don't understand. I'm like, I'm halfway through it. And I'm like, I don't understand why I'm being sent this. So I, I sent Ryan a message like, why, why am I listening to this right now? And he's like, Oh, I challenged Cody at the end. So I, I kept listening and like, lo and behold, Cody did get challenged and I let Bruno know, Hey, Cody's not around. He, he can't do it. So I ended up going on. I had a really good time. I thought it was a lot of fun and it, it was, it was really cool being on someone else's podcast for this podcast. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of, it's a lot of really weird, obscure X-Wing related questions that are just like, what are the maneuvers for this ship? And what what are the blue maneuvers for it? Like, what are the actions you can do in the game? There's a few other stuff, but yeah, it's, it's a very like obscure questions. You're like, I don't know what the hell any of this stuff is, but I'm just going to, you still have to try. But yeah, I had a really good time. It was a lot of fun. It sounds super fun. It would have been cool. I can't wait to listen to the episode. Yeah, no spoilers as to who is the current reigning champion since we recorded it last week. And so, yeah, we don't want to spoil it because it has not released yet. Bruno wants us to wait till the release happens. But just for people who are fans of Bespin Benchwarmers, catch your buddy Matt challenging me on the Loremaster. Look up. I think instead of trying to type in the correct spelling of Millennium or Bella Diffusion, just search Condor on Podbean, and I think you'll find it. That's what I did, too. You know why it's named, like, the Condor, right? Because in French, that's what they translated the Falcon into. Yep. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. That's it's always day. known as Millennium Condor out in not America land. So, you uh, guys got anything else before we wrap it up? Or then check out that podcast. Where can where can we catch you at, Ryan? If people don't know already, where you where your home podcast is? Uh, they can catch me on the Gold Squadron podcast. Uh, we record live Monday nights. So live is always fun if you get the chance to be on it or uh, be there as an audience member on Twitch. If not, uh, you can catch Gold Squadron podcast website for the uh, recordings once they're all edited and everything by Dion. Dion's a madman. Um, he does so much work for X-Wing across the board, running these Gold Squadron events. Obviously, he has help from other people he has under the Gold Squadron banner. He's quite a busy person being someone who's also finishing up his master's degree in musical teaching. Yeah, mad, mad props to him. He's a very integral part of the community, and uh, X-Wing definitely would not be what it is today without him. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you have any comments or questions, you can email us at thebestbenchwarmers at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitch and Twitter at MIBenchwarmers. And uh, don't forget to rate us on any podcasting service you have. It'll help us out a lot. Thanks for listening.